With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I am your host, Sean, and I'm joined by Jamie for this week's reaction show. Edgar Belenga getting the victory over Paddy McCrory in six rounds after McCrory's corner throwing the towel, thus ending the fight between the two of them and also providing Jamie this week with a prediction which was pretty much bang on the money. And I know how we uh, talk about these predictions on a weekly basis and how we Obviously, tell everybody we're not prediction specialists. However, when you do get one right, it is quite a good feeling. One or two right, it is a good feeling. So never put any money on it when you're listening to us on this show because we're not prediction or betting experts. However, we got it right. We got it on the money. We knew what was going to happen in this fight. We knew it wasn't going to go the distance, and it certainly didn't. But, Jamie, it, for me, lived up a little bit to what I was expecting I expected it to be one of those fights where they're both going to provide us good moments of exchanges, which they certainly did. And it was a case of which one of them was going to be impose their will on the other. And in this instance, it was, of course, Edgar Belanga in the fight against a very, very game and brave Paddy McCrory. So coming over to you then, your synopsis of this particular fight then, Jamie, what are your thoughts and feelings on it? And... In terms of the performance of both Malanga and McCrory, what thoughts have you got on that? Um, well, first and foremost, as I always say, hello. Nice to be back on the show. Um, I will say that Malanga, he's, he's not going to be troubling uh, Canelo anytime soon, is he, really? Um, I think he was very... He was slow to start. Um, and I think the, the fight, as it sort of went down the stretch, you know, uh, what stretch there was... 
you could see that McCrory was weak to the body, I think, and, and you mentioned it a lot in the in the show last week, Sean, didn't you, about sort of body work, you'd like to see him work to the body, and I think you know, McCrory was very, he was open up to complaining, and he was just being a bit sort of like, rather than, he was getting in the bollocks when he was trying to stand, is obviously not very nice, but giving one back, as Ricciardo always used to say, it's not a tickling contest, is it? So I think... Just looking at the sort of profile of McCrory, the way he was, the way he was complaining to the referee, I think he could have been taken earlier um, with a little bit more pressure from Belanga. Almost seems like the man's a bit gun-shy, hivered out of someone's just turned around to him when he was getting all these first-round knockouts and just saying, look, you need to show you've got a bit more in your arsenal, get boxing, and he's forgotten now to sort of bang. So it was nice to see, and all right, McCrory's not sort of a world-class operator, but he's a bit more substantial than the level of some of the guys Belanga has been fighting. It was nice to see Belanga just sort of, you know, when he did put his foot on the gas, he looked like he was good, really imposing himself. And um, yeah, it went pretty much the way, pretty much the way I expected it to. You know, uh, McCrory started to try and open up, and then he, he just got caught in there and started getting beaten up and. They threw the towel in, but it was already it was already over before that. So decent win, but again, doesn't really tell me too much about the land guy. He's just sort of, you know, he's he's put the knockouts back on his record. I'd, I'd like to maybe see him in maybe a, a little bit higher class. Uh, maybe get him in with Caleb Plant or someone like that. Or is that jumping the gun too high, Sean, do you think? No, I don't think he's jumping the gun too high. I think, you know, we've got a... A limited selection of of super middleweight fighters around now, which are at a certain level where you want to see him move on to that certain level. And Belanga at this moment, you know, he's he's there around the likes of David Morrell, the WBA regular champion, Caleb Plant, Demetrius Andrade, of course, Christian and Billy, Sergei Derevchenko, Jaime Munguia, David Benavidez. I mean, everybody's waiting for the Canelo sweepstakes, and yeah, Belanga's called out Canelo, but realistically Jamie he isn't going to get that fight and I think we're quite revered in the fact that we know that isn't going to happen so in the meantime if you want to start calling those types of names out you need to have these big names on your resume and with all due respect to Paddy McCrory he's not the big name on the resume that Belanga needs to be in with an argument to say do you know what I am at the top of the list for that Canelo sweepstake so you mentioned Caleb Plant I think that's a good fight for him I'd like to see him maybe fight Christian and Bill Air. I'd like to see him maybe fight Demetrius Andrade, for example. There are fighters out there which I think Palanga should be going in there with because they are different prospects. They are different tests for him. And if he's ever going to be ready for a Canelo fight, then he needs to be taking those tests and he needs to be enhancing that resume and that CV that he has. He's not going to do that fighting people at fringe level, which... Again, he's what where McCrory's at. He's at fringe level. He he was pushing onto that sort of world level, and that would have been a, a world level win for him, but, but it wasn't to be. So for Belanga at this stage of his career, now you want to see them big names. You're right. You're not you're, you're not jumping the gun. He needs he needs them fights. So out of out of the list of those fighters in particular, in and around that top ten of the super middleweight rankings, what would be stylistically a good test for Belanga at this stage of his? career? Um, you mentioned Demetrius Andre there. I think that would be a decent-ish test. You know, a man who's he, he's been, he got smashed in his last fight. Yeah, but let's see what Belenga can do. Let's see if that power has sort of reignited. 
let's see whether he can he can do the same thing to Dimitri up and Jim in his last fight. Do you know what I mean? Um, really, again, it's it's all about Canelo, isn't it? The super middleweight division. Um, I ideally, I'd love to see David Benavides sort of fight everybody and and just you know, if Canelo's not going to fight him, then stake his claim as sort of the number two in the division. So. I don't know. Would you put Benavides in there with, with um, with your man there? I don't know. I'd say so. Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I why not? Um, why, why not though? What, what's the reason well, not? Well, it's poor, poor Rico in Mexico, isn't it? Um, so you, you're going to get a big sell there. Uh, well, the, the reason not is McCrory is the first sort of step up. But as you say, he's on the fringes, isn't he? David Benavidez is rolling the world, former WBC champion. So, uh, would you want to do it? You've got to. You've got to. How, how, how are you going to be? How are you going to be considered for a Canelo fight if you don't take all the big tests? Like to me, that doesn't doesn't make sense to be then looking down the rankings and start looking at different fighters. I mean, you look down the rankings away from Belanga and. And maybe you've got Diego Pacheco. Maybe that would be a really interesting fight between the two of them. You know, both got good resumes in the career, both at stages of the career where a, a fight like that could could do wonders for the career. But for me, if you're a Belanga and you're ranked higher than someone like a Pacheco, you want to be fighting the likes of Andre, Plan, Benavidez, maybe even Munguia. Munguia is further on in his career, respectfully, eh? with that win over John Ryder. But to me, to me, Belanga needs that big name now. He needs a big name on his resume. He needs to do what David Benavidez has previously done. He needs to follow that blueprint, in my opinion. When you look at Benavidez's career, and I'll just give an example of that, and you look over the past four years, the likes of Anthony Durrell getting that victory, the likes of David Lemieux, the likes of, obviously, Caleb Plant, and then the likes of Demetrius Andrade. You know, them three fights between 2022-2023, Lemieux, Plant, and Andrade, in that order, that's what Belanga needs to do. That's why Benavidez is considered number two in the division because he's took on consecutive name after consecutive name whereas Belanga hasn't so Belanga taking a fight like that Jamie would be it work wonders for his career it would certainly make him jump the queue ahead of certain fighters and but the question is again is he is he ready for it is he ready for it? I know you said jumping the gun that's the big question we're not going to know unless he steps up that that for me is the problem if he carries on fighting top 15 top 20 guys yeah okay he might still look good he might still look like he's progressing on in his career he might still pad his record even more but that's not going to tell us as fans what we want to know is is he good enough to potentially topple the man at the top of the division in Canelo is he good enough to topple the number two in Benavidez he needs names this is it now he's for me he's at a stage where he needs names on his resume otherwise how can we take him seriously in a fight with Canelo how can we honestly give him a chance in respect of him going in there and beating Canelo. Yeah, I'd see your point. Um, and really, he's in the best division um, to to really push on. Uh, maybe it was... Is it, I, I do feel, and I keep using this phrase, jumping the gun. I think I might have been jumping the gun there again, a bit overexcited with the old um, David Benavidez fight. Obviously, you've got the likes of David Morrell there. Um, I think David Morrell would be a better fight for him at this stage. There's no way that he... Uh, Diego Pacheco would be put in with Belanga, I don't think, um, unless they're really ready to cash Belanga out, because I think Diego Pacheco would deal with him quite handily. I think they must be, you know, Eddie Hearn knows what he's doing. Um, and I think 
you know, with that knockout, that knockout on Saturday night, I think he's uh, he, he's shown he, he can squeeze a little bit more out of the sponge that is Belanga, you know, in the old um, that sort of crowd. So I don't know. He's not ready to cash him out against Diego Pacheco yet. Maybe David Morrell, um, because David Benavides is just going to be. He's just going to be gunning for Canelo at the moment. Um, and I think he won't want to go backward. He'll want to go forward. So I don't see that happening yet. I'll change my mind. Maybe get him in there with David Morrell. 10 and 0. Uh, Morrell shouting out, you know, calling out everybody. So let's see the two sort of young guns going at it. Well, we can't be remiss without talking about Paddy McCrory, of course. Not forgetting the fact that he was the man in the opposite corner to Belanger on the night. And respectfully, it was a chance for him to really stake a claim to put himself right on the map in America and get those believing in him that maybe he could do something. And he wasn't good enough. It was simple as that. He wasn't good enough to, to get the victory over Belanger on the night. So when I look at his career and I think about what does someone like Paddy McCrory do next after he first lost in his career and he's 35 years of age, well, my first thought on this was that he was a previous IBO light heavyweight champion. So in terms of him moving up back to the light heavyweight division, there is an opportunity there for him to do that, although we know what's going on in that light heavyweight division. We know that two names that are synonymous with each other are going to be fighting a little bit later on this year, so it is a little bit of a pickings around who who fights who to sort of throw themselves up there as the next logical contender after the big super fight happens between Baturbiev and Bibol. Can Paddy McCrory go up and cause some ruptures in that division uh, with the likes of Callum Smith and Anthony Yard up there, of course Joshua Buatzi, Dan Aziz, you know all these names that we've been talking about over the past six to eight weeks I think for me, this is what McCrory needs to do at this stage of his career, if I'm being honest, at 35 formerly being an IBO like heavyweight champion, I think it would be a time for him now to maybe step up and look at some of potential big domestic fights for him on these shores against guys that are world-rated contenders. If you are going to move your career forward, for me, that'd be the way to do it at this stage because looking in the super middleweight division, there isn't anybody else I can honestly see him beating. You know, we always talk about the four-belt era and there always being a, a, a weaker champion, so to speak, sometimes in those divisions. Obviously, that isn't going to happen in a super middleweight division because Canelo rules the roost. And I don't think he could beat anybody else in that division, if I'm being totally honest with you. So maybe going up to the light heavyweight division, an interesting fight maybe for Paddy McCrory at this stage of his career could be Lyndon Arthur, a former IBO light heavyweight champion as well. You know, that'd be something interesting. You know, Arthur's looking to come back off the loss to Bivol and you know, you've got the likes of Yard and Smith and Buatzi all chomping at the bit for big fights. Maybe someone like Alinda Nafa could be a good name for McCrory to go up to light heavyweight for. Any thoughts on that, Jamie? Or maybe is it at this stage of McCrory's career, there isn't a lot of options for him? No, I was going to say that exact name that you just mentioned there, uh, Linda Nafa. I don't know. Did Nafa vacate the IBO um, like every time? I well, he lost it, didn't he? He lost it to Bibbo, yeah. against Bibbo. Yeah, he lost it, yeah. So, I mean, that would be that'd be a perfect sort of crossroads fight for... I wouldn't say crossroads for Lyndon Arthur because maybe he's still got something left in the tank. Do you know what I mean? But it certainly showed Poddy McCrory where he is at this stage. And uh, you can sort of... You know, the TV companies would love something like that, wouldn't it? 
two IBO champions that make something out of nothing, really, because the IBO is not a big, not really a big organization. But you know, you can sell to the public, you can make your money, can't you? So yeah, I think that would that would certainly make sense. Uh, in the likes of Dan Aziz as well, he's going to be having his sort of crossroads moment where he's going to be scratching his head, thinking, well, you know, where can I go forward? And the likes of this fight against Brody McCrory, that'd certainly be a good idea for him as well. Um, getting back in the mix. Look decent, look impressive against a man that, you know, in Potty McCrory, you can. It has shown he's got power and he can knock you out. You know, if you can navigate uh, those sort of deep waters with him, then uh, maybe you can get your career back on a good footing. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, I agree. You know, he's an Irishman. Come back, sell, sell over on these shores and just... Uh, just rebuild slowly. You don't need to. You don't need against the world and, and get absolutely battered. You know, if you're serious about considering uh, moving forward and carrying on your career, do it under the radar, and you'll get your shot slowly, won't you? Absolutely. Well, I'll just round up the rest of that particular card for anybody that did watch or did not watch the rest of that particular card before we move over to the card in Japan and talk about interesting fights over there and results, of course. So, on this particular undercard, we had Shakram Gatsyov getting a technical decision over Pablo Cesar Cano after 11 rounds. And then we have Andy Cruz going the distance 10 rounds in his fight. Looking really, really good, I must add, by the way. For those that did watch it, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. There's some highlight reels already going around from that fight of, of how good he actually looked in there. So, he continues to march on in his career a little bit of talk of Andy Cruz versus Kayshawn Davis floating around social media at the moment, which is quite an interesting prospect. So I look forward to seeing how that develops over the next few months and year or so. But I did mention the card in Tokyo, Japan. We covered this in more detail in the preview and we covered the fight between Junto Nakatani and Alexandro Santiago. WBC World Bantamweight title was up for grabs. If you have not seen this fight, please go and watch a systematic breakdown from Nakatani, who, outside of Naoa Inoue, is absolutely the number two best fighter in Japan at the moment. A 
now three-weight world champion and again another fighter who is starting to clean up the divisions and doing it in a relatively short space of time he looked good in doing so against Santiago so Jamie I'm going to hand this over to you just to have a little bit of a chat about this fight we mentioned it in the preview we talked about Nakatani and you know his his rise to prominence what we've seen of him so far and now look again he's just He's just doing what we expected he probably would do, but he's certainly going to be in with a shout if this year continues to go well of being a uh, pipping pipping a certain Mister Anue to the post this year for Japanese Fighter of the Year if he has another great fight this year and does something significant. Yeah, it's uh, great to see these Japanese boys the way they're dominating, dominating in a lot of ways. They don't really care about fighting anybody, do they? They just get on with it. Um, the mouthful were in prospects, you know, Nakatani's still only still only twenty six. You know, he cleared up in two previous weights. The exciting prospect for me is uh he looks so dominant there, he looks so comfortable. And I don't want to be accused of hyperbole, but he reminded me in his sort of alright, not as not as quick, but the way he sort of glided in and out of the attack and was quite ferocious. He reminded me of a young Manny Pacquiao, to be honest with you, and, and you might sit there and say, Oh, that's a bit too high praise, but I called it as I see it. I love these Japanese fighters, and, and the mouthful in prospect is Nakatani could end up, because, you know, the the monster, um, and who I, he's got to stop at some point. We could end up seeing these two collide. And, you know, it's not often really, um, when I'm speaking to people about boxing anyway, that the, the prospects of a sort of all-Japanese clash uh, really into the senses of the world but I think that's something that would take the world by storm alright we've still got you know he's still got a couple of ways to move up but he, he made it look episode, uh, effortless against Santiago didn't he, he just uh, you said it systematically broke him down beat him up he took his heart Santiago whenever he was caught he just looked like oh, I don't want to be here no more I'll just roll over and, and die basically that's what happened but um yeah, a man with that skill set, and like I said, I don't say it lightly, a man who I'd compare to a young sort of Manny Pacquiao, he's got the world at his feet, and uh, only 26, the world's his oyster now. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to the prospects of him moving up, and hopefully he can meet uh, a new way at some point in the future. That would be a mega clash. Oh, absolutely, a mega clash indeed. I think there's uh, a lot of good stuff going on, like you rightly pointed out before. When you talk about Japanese boxing, you don't necessarily sort of get overly excited about it. But over the last three, four years, it's started to really come to fruition and it's become more widespread across the world. And as a result of that, some of these fighters are actually transitioning to the mainstream where the casual boxing fan knows the name Inoue now and is starting to know the name Nakatani. And, and when you start to do that and clear up three-weight divisions and move up to the fourth division and start looking at that it's, it's, it's history making stuff and I think it should really be put out there even more and, and I know Top Rank obviously are doing a really good job in particular of making sure that these shows get aired and they're working you know in conjunction with the Japanese promoters which is working really really well because we're getting to see some absolutely great fighters at the moment and obviously the undercard was littered with some interesting fights and on that particular card the younger brother of Naoa Anue Takuma Anue got a ninth round stoppage of her in Ankaraz to defend the WBA bantamweight title of course he doesn't look as good as Anue but you know we're looking at someone and making a comparison to 
Naoa and thinking it's really hard to make a comparison to somebody who's as good as Naoa Anue, despite the fact they share the same genes, of course. Takuma, you know, he's looking very, very good. He's 18 and 1. He's moved to 19 and 1 now. He's a WBA bantamweight champion. There's a possibility if Nakatani stays around in the bantamweight division and doesn't opt to go for a step up in division, we could see this old Japanese clash between Nakatami and Inoue. Not Naoa, of course, Takuma Inoue, because we've got the WBA champion Inoue versus the WBC champion in a unification fight. That would be a, a sellout straight away for me in Japan. They could hold that at the Tokyo Dome, which would be absolutely amazing to see. You know the 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 sort of magnitude of a of a fight which doesn't really happen very often in the Tokyo Dome. So there's certainly a lot of prospects of that fight happening down the line. And then also in the super flyweight division, Kosai Tanaka picked up the WBO vacant super flyweight title as well on this card. So three great fighters over there in Japan, three great champions. Of course, throwing Naoa Inoue into the mix, and we are starting to see a little bit of a resurgence and a Indian summer of Japanese boxing which is quite exciting because I do like to look at the different styles that have come into this sport over the years and you think and you mentioned actually funnily enough about Nakatani and and reminding you of Amani Pacquiao coming from that area of the world of Asia you know you're starting to see a few fighters very much looking like Manny Pacquiao in the sense of that they're gliding in and out and their attacking prowess is very similar to that of a young Manny Pacquiao so it is quite exciting and I can imagine a lot of these fighters have probably have looked up to Pacquiao and saw him as the the blueprint so to speak of being able to be successful in your career so we're starting to see more of these fighters come to fruition so as a fan it's really exciting to see this resurgence and this challenge in these lower weight categories that are actually getting some Really, really interesting fights happening and over the next 6 to 12 months in the divisions. But the Nakatani fight, just summarising that again, guys, because that's one we covered quite heavily in the preview. Really, really good to see Nakatani just systematically break down Santiago. Of course, Santiago, he previously beat Nonito Donaire, who in his heyday, absolutely phenomenal. So to get that win, Nakatani, is, is, is absolutely fantastic. And to become a three-way world champion in the process... The future looks bright for Japanese boxing, indeed. Yeah, I would agree with you there, definitely. Um, the one thing that I think they need to do with these Japanese fighters now, I mean, I can't speak for Nakatani, but uh, in terms of a new way, bringing him to America would be the next logical step, wouldn't it? Uh, let's say you sort of build a superstar, or uh, maybe taking him to Saudi, seeing what they've got to offer. Um I don't know whether Turkey's interested in that sort of uh, that sort of weight class, but yeah, I think in a way that's the only thing left for him to do now, go and take America by storm. Um, but as you say, exciting times, and it's all led by uh, Mr. Honda, I believe, isn't it? He's the man over there. So uh, it's great to see. It's great to see someone else other than uh, Hernan Warren in the limelight, you know, even if he's doing it sort of behind the scenes a little bit. Um, and just, yeah, just great seeing another sort of boxing nation really on the rise. Absolutely. Totally agree. Well, just a few other results of the weekend. If anybody was looking for any domestic results in the UK this weekend, a little bit of an upset in Bristol indeed. A split decision victory for Jerome Warburton over the 16-0 prospect Aaron Sutton. In my 
hometown of Oldham. Mark Heffron returned to the ring after his defeat to Jack Collin, getting a TKO in the second round. William Crawler, brother of Anthony, also got a KO in this round. A TKO, should I add, in the first round as well. Also on that particular card. And there were some interesting fights happening in Liverpool with Jay Harris winning British Commonwealth European flyweight title. Of course, he was only the British at the time. He got in the ring with Conor Butler. But getting those two other titles has been a little bit of a career resurgence for Mr. Harris indeed, having lost two on the bounce in 2021. KO losses as well for him to come back now and after three fights be a champion of Britain, be a champion of the Commonwealth and be a champion of Europe is a really good turnaround for his career indeed. So they were the results of the weekend here in the UK. And as we come towards the end of the show, with it being a big fight reaction and with it being an opportunity to have a few minutes to discuss a few things, I just wanted to let everybody know about the next coming week. Now, Legendary Nights Season 4. This week was the final episode. The tale of Jack Johnson vs. Jim Jeffries has just released. That is officially the last episode of this season. The question is, will there be another one? Yes, there will be another one next year. However, next week we have a plethora of episodes being released onto the feed. There are going to be some transitions and some changes being made to the podcast network in general. There are going to be announcements made over the coming days and into next week. So there will be a couple of episodes dropping on the feed pretty much back to back, day after day. So what I'm going to say to you guys listening is that once the announcement gets officially made about the future of the podcast network and what's going to be happening, please do look out for those episodes. Individually on their own, they will explain a lot of the stuff which has been going on in the background and the future of the show in separate individual episodes, as well as what's coming up over the rest of this year in 2024. So I thought it'd be a good opportunity to put this on the radar for you guys that listen to us. Please do tune in next week because there will be some announcements being made. But in the meantime, if you haven't been listening to the Legendary Night season, this is also a good opportunity for me to plug that. 10 episodes now have been released and 10 after shows have been released. Please If you've not picked up this season's Legendary Nights episodes, they are available on the Legendary Nights podcast feed or on the BTR Boxing Podcast Network feed as well. Please, there's some great, great shows this season. We've done some really diverse mixture of episodes. So if you haven't tuned into them, go and tune into them. If you have tuned into them and you've yet to let us know what you think about the episodes, please do let us know. Go on Spotify if you listen on Spotify and below there's a little box that says, what did you think about the episode? let us know drop a comment in any particular requests for next season also very welcomed and we'll certainly consider them as we go through the stages of planning for another season of the show the next show will be career profiles we will talk a little bit more about that next week we look to announce the rest of the year's agenda but for this particular episode it comes to an end we will be back a little bit later on in the week with a fight preview Maybe not necessarily a big fight preview, but certainly a fight preview for this weekend of a few fights of note, which I think people will probably want to hear from us about and our opinions and our thoughts and feelings on. So there will be another episode dropping a little bit later this week to address that weekend as well. But for this episode, it's Goodnight Vienna. Thank you so much for listening to the show as always. We hope you've enjoyed it. 
A big thank you also goes out to the patrons of the podcast. You'll have had this ad-free as per every other episode. We appreciate and love you so much for all the support you're providing to us. If you're not a patron and you want to check out what we do over there, you can find us at BTR Boxing Podcast on patreon.com and you'll see all the available membership tiers. And trust me, everything that you put in to support us, it goes back into the podcast. It goes back into the development. It goes back into making this show even better and even greater as the years have gone by. But that is it for this episode. Thank you so, so much for listening to this week's Big Fight Reaction. And we'll see you later this week. Podcast Network.